Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Western at the End of the Universe, Chapter 4. Ten light years away, Greg Hefferfant jacked up, a, up his smile by several notches and he watched the picture the vision screen relay across the, the sub-ether through the bridge of the Vulcan ship. He saw the final shreds of the heart of gold field whipped away, the ship itself vanished into a puff of smoke. Good, he thought. The end of the last Three survivors of the Lunar mission it ordered on the planet Earth, he thought. A final imminent dangerous to a psychiatric profession and a subversive also to a psychiatric profession. Experiment to find a question to the ultimate question of life, universe and everything, he thought. There will be some celebration with his fellows tonight. In the morning, they will meet again their unhappy, bewildered, highly profitable patients, securing the knowledge that the meaning of life will not now be once and for all well and truly sorted out, he thought. Family's always embarrassing, isn't it? said Ford to Zufafoot, and he smoked clear began to clear. He paused, he looked about. Where's Zeverpod, he last said. Arthur Trillian looked about blankly. He pale and shaken. He didn't know where Zeverpod was. Marvin, said Ford. Where's Zeverpod? A moment later he said, Where's Marvin? Well, the corner was empty. The ship was utterly silent. It was lay in a thick black space. Occasionally he rocked and swayed. Every instrument was dead. Every vision screen was dead. The console, the computer, it said, I regret I've been temporarily closed to all communication. Meanwhile, here's some light music. They turned off the light music. They searched every corner of the ship, increasing in bewilderment and alarm. Everywhere was dead and silent. Nowhere was there any trace of Zephyr for it or the Marvin. When the last areas they checked, was a small bay in which the neutromatic machine was located. On the delivery date, the neutromatic drink sympathizer was a food tray on which sat three bone china cups and saucers, bone china jug of milk, a silver teapot full of the best tea Arthur had ever tasted, a small, small print denotes saying, Wait. Chapter 5. Ursa Mena Beta is, some say, one of the most appealing places in the universe. 
that it's excruciatingly rich, horrifyingly sunny, and more full of wonderful excitement in people than a pomegranate and it is of pips. Could hardly be significant that when the recent edition of Playbean magazine headlined an article, the words, When you're tired of El Shavana, Peter, you're tired of life, so to write of their quadruple overnight. So that's not, but then that not, they're not there. Are there any nights on Ursula Beta? He's in the Western planet, which by inexplicable and somewhat suspicious freak of tropography consists of a entirely subtropical coastline, but equally a suspicious freak of temporal realistics. It is nearly always Saturday, Saturday afternoon, just before the beach bars close. No adequate explanation for this? Been forthcoming for the government life forms on Ocean Minor Beta, who have spent most of their time attempting to achieve spiritual enlightenment by running around swimming pools inviting investigation officers from the Galactic Geo Temple Control Board to have a nice dim anomaly. There's now only one city on Ocean Minor Delta Beta, and this is one called and it, and it is only called a city because swimming pools are slightly thicker on the ground than any than elsewhere. Is if you approach the light city by air, there's no other way of approaching it. No roads, no port facilities. You don't fly. You don't want to. You don't want to see you light city. You will see why it has its name. Here the sunshine is brightest of all, glittering on the swimming pools, shimmering on the white palm lane boulevards, glistening on the healthy bronze specks. Moving up and down with gleaming of off the villas and hazy arm pad, air pads, beach bars, and so on. Most probably it shines on its building, a tall, beautiful building consisting of two sturdy story white towers connected by a bridge halfway up their length. The building is the home of a book. A built here on the rose seeds with strongly copyright lawsuit fought between the book's editors and a breakfast cereal company. The book is a guidebook, a travel book. The one, the most remarkable, certainly the most successful books ever come out of the great publishing corporation of Asia Minor. More popular than Life Begins at 550, Better selling than a Big Bang Theory, a personal view by Central Columbia Ridditz, a triple blessed hall, a recurring six, more controversial than upcoming Cripposids, ladies' book seller title, everything you ever wanted to know about sex, but never but been forced to find out. And in many of the relax, more relaxed societies, an altar's eastern rim of galaxy is long supplemented the Great Encyclopedia Galactica as a standard dispensatory of all knowledge and wisdom, although it is a many emissions and contains much that more than a, a typical or least wildly inaccurate. It scores over the older than my profession work in two important respects. But first, it's slightly cheaper. Secondly, as the words, don't panic, but in large, friendly letters on its cover. 
to convert, of course, a relatively companion for all those who want to see the marvels of the known universe. For less than thirty a trillion dollars a day, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You stood with it, you if you stood with your back to the main entrance lobby of the guide offices, assuming you landed by now, freshened up with a quick dip and shower, a walk car east, you would walk come walk past along the leafy shade of leaf life of the Lord, amazed by the pale golden colour, beaches stretching away onto your left, and standing by the mine surface, floating carelessly along two feet above the waves as, as if if nothing special, surprising us eventually, certainly slightly irritated by these great giant palm trees, the hum and tuneless nothings, throughout the daylight hours, in other words, continuously. If you walked to the end of the life boulevard, you would enter the latrine district, the mere district of shops, boulevards, trees, and pavement calves, with you turned and betons, kind the hard afternoon's relaxation, the beach, the latrine, the district, with a very, those very few areas which doesn't enjoy a perpetual Saturday afternoon, to a sense of the cool potential, potential, perennial early Saturday evening, behind it lie the night's nightclubs. If this particular day of noon stretch or evening time, call it what you will, you approach the second pavement calf on the Right, you would have seen the usual crowd of Ian Bedrian between chatting and drinking, looking very relaxed and curtly glancing at each other's watches to see how expensive they were. You'd also have seen a couple rather disbelieving, disheveled looking hitchhikers from Babel, who recently arrived in their Italian mega freighter, aboard which they'd been roughing and for a few days. They were angry and bewildered to discover that here, the sudden Mitchell's guide building itself a simple glass of fruit juice cost the equivalent of sixty trillion dollars. Set up, one of them said bitterly. And at that moment you looked at the next table, you would have seen the Zephyr Peter Box sitting, looking very startled and confused. Reading with confusion it was five seconds earlier had been sitting on the bridge of the starship Hard of Gold. Absolute set out, said a voice again. Stephen Floyd looked seriously, nervously at the corner of his eyes, the two disheveled hitchhikers on the next table. Where the hell was he? How did he get there? Where was his ship? His hand felt like the ar- his hand felt the arm of the chair which he's sitting, and then the table in front of him. It seemed so enough. He sat very still. How can you sit there and write a guy for hitchhikers a place like this? I didn't voice. I mean, look at it. Look at it. So Fred was looking at it. Nice place, he thought. But where and why? He fished in his pocket for two pairs of sunglasses. In the same pocket, he felt a hard, smooth, and a lump of very heavy metal. He pulled it out and looked at it. He blinked at it in surprise. Where had he got that? He turned it to his pocket. I put on the sunglasses, annoyed to discover a metal object had scratched one of the lenses. Nevertheless, he felt much more comfortable with them on. They were a double pair of two gentle two hundred superchromatic peril sensitive sunglasses which have been specially designed to help people develop relax attitude to danger. First hint of trouble. They totally they turn totally black and thus prevent you from seeing anything that might alarm you. Apart from that scratch and lenses Apart from the scratch the lenses were clear, relaxed, 
but only a little bit. The angry hitchhiker continued to glare at the monstrosity, his monstrosity expensive fruit juice. Worst thing that ever happened to the guide, moving to Ocean Mine and Belter, he grumbled. They're all gone soft, you know? I even heard that you've created a whole electronic synthesized universe where the officers to say they can go that you can go and research stories during the day instead of go to parties in the evening. Not that day and evening mean much in this place. Ocean Mine Beta fried. At least he knew where he was and he where he was now. He assumed this must be his great grandfather's doing. But why? But his night's thought popped into his mind. Very clear and very distinctive. He had now come to recognize his faults with what they were. His instincts were to resist them, but they were the proclaimed promptings of dark and locked, mind, locked off parts of his mind. He sat still and gnawed the fault furiously. It nagged at him. He gnawed it. It nagged at him. It gnawed, he gnawed it. It nagged at him. He gave in to it. What the hell, he thought. Go with the flow. He was too tired, confused, and hungry to resist. He didn't even know what the thought meant. Chapter 6. Hello. Yes, Mega Bill Publications here. Home of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Most totally reliable book in a whole unknown universe. Can I help you? Said a large pink winged insect into one of several 17 phones lined up. Though the vast chrome response of reception desk followed the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy offices. It fluttered its wings and rolled its eyes. It glared all, at all the grubby people cluttering up the foyer, selling carpets and leaving dirty handprints upholstery. It adored working for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It just wished there was some way keeping all the Hitchhikers away. Wasn't they meant to be hanging around dirty spaceports or something? It was certain that if he was reading something, read something somewhere in the book about the portals of hanging around dirty spaceports, unfortunately most of them seemed to come and hang around in this nice, clean, shiny foyer immediately after hanging around extremely dirty spaceports. And all they ever did was complain. He shivered his wings. What? He said into the phone. Yes, I passed on your message, Mr. Zephavort. But I'm afraid he's too cool to see you right now. He's on the Atlantic cruise. He weighed a potent triangle. One of the tentacle, one of the grown people were angrily trying to gauge his attention. Potent tentacle directed younger person to look at the noses on the wall to the left, not to interrupt an important phone call. Yes, said the insect. He's in his office. But it's, he's on an intellectual cruise. Thank you very much for calling. He slammed on the phone. Read the notice, he said, the angry man. Read the notice, said the angry man. He's trying to complain about one of the most ludicrous and dangerous pieces of information contained in his book. It's always work for the guided galaxy. It's a sensible companion. Those who are keen to make sense of life infinitely complex and complexing and confusing universe. But though it cannot hope to be useful or informative in all matters, it does at least make a reassuring claim that
Where is it? Where is it? Is least definitely inaccurate? In cases of major discrepancy, even always rare, always rarity that, it, that it's got wrong. This is where the gist of notice it said, guide to definitive reality, frequently inaccurate. It's led to some interesting consequences. For instance, where it is a guide was sued by the families of those who died, result of taking the entry to the planet Trivial, literally, say, Ravenous, Vulgar, Beast, make, often make a very good meal for visiting tourists. Instead of Ravenous, Better, Beast, often make a very good meal for visiting tourists. They claim the inverse version of the sentence was more effectively pleasing. Summoned to the qualified poet to specify under oath, beauty versus truth, truth, beauty, and hope the fiber to prove that a guilty party, in this case was life, itself after failing, be either beautiful or true. Judge concurred in a moving speech held a life itself was contempt of court, and Judy's comforted for all those here present before going off to enjoy a pleasant evening's autograph. See if it be the box. Answer the fairy. He strolled up to the sick receptionist. Okay, he said. Where is Zipper Vlop? Give me Zipper Vlop. Excuse me, sir. The insect said nicely. He did not, did not care if he dressed in his manner. Zipper Vlop? Get him right. Right him now. Well, sir, snapped the federal little creature. If you could be a little cool about it. Cool? Look, said the Zipper I'm up to hear a call. Okay, I'm so amazing cool. You keep the side of meat in my mouth for a month. I'm so hip, I could have difficulty seeing my pelvis. Over my pelvis. Now, will you move before I can blow it? Well, if you let, let me explain, sir, said the insect, tapping the most potent of the prevalent of the tentacles of it, at, its dis, at its disapproval. I'm afraid it isn't possible right now. Mrs. Everford is an intellectual cruise. He thought, Silverford, helpful for Silverford. What's he going? To, when is he going to back back? He said, back, sir. He's in his office. Silverford. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Pause while he tried to sort his particular fault out of his mind. He then didn't succeed as cats on an interactive cruise in his office. He leaned forward and gripped the taping tentacle. Listen, free eyes, he said. Don't you try to outweigh me. I've got stranger things that you... I said, get... F- stranger things than you... You... F- free with my breakfast seal. Well, just who do you think you are, honey? First, the insects quivering and in rage. See for the word big for the box. Or something? Count the heads, said the beetle box in low rasp. The insect blinked at him. It blinked at him again. You are Zeverford, Peter Box, he squeaked. Yeah, said Zeverford. But I don't shout it out. 
Oh, they wouldn't want, they wouldn't want one. Does he prefer to read the books? No, not just as he preferred to read the books. Do you hear? I come in six. I can't. I mean, you hear? Give me six packs. The insect rattled its tentacles together in agitation. But sir, it squealed. I just heard something in the radio report. You said you were dead. Yeah, that's right, said Zeeferfod. I just haven't stopped moving yet. Now, where is, can I find Zeeferbob? Well, sir, his office is on the 50th floor, but, but he's on an intergalactic cruise. Yeah, yeah. How can I get to him? The newly installed Saris Cybernetics Corporation, happy vertical people transporters on the far corner. Sir, but sir, Zeeferfod was going, turning to go, turned back. Yeah, he said. Can I ask you why you want to see Mr. Zeeferbox? Whoop. Yeah, he said, Zeeferfod. It's unclear on his point himself. I told myself I had to. Come again, sir. Zeeferbox leaned forward. Pretty I just materialized out of thin air one of the old calves. He said, as a result of an argument with the ghost of my great grandfather. As soon as I had got here, with my former self, the, the one that operated my brain picked up in my head and said, Go see Superfod. I never heard. I have never heard of. The cat. That's all I know. And the fact that I have got, got to find the man, Rose University, wait. Mr. Beatbox, sir, said the insect with an old wonder. You're so weird. You should be. You should be in the movies. Yes, he's Zeeferfod, patting the thing on a glittering pink wing. And you, baby, should be in real life. Is it pause for a moment, a cover from its agitation, then reach a tentacle, answer phone, ring phone. A metal hand very strained it. Excuse me, said the owner of the metal hand. A voice that would have made an insect of most sensible disposition collapse in tears. It's not such an insect. It couldn't stand robots. You, sir, he said, snapped. Can I help you? I doubt it, said Melvin. Well, in that case, you'll be, you excuse me. If you just excuse me, some of six phones are now ringing, and varying things await the insect's attention. No one can help me, asked in tone Melvin. Yes, well, not that anyone's tried, of course. We raised anything. Draining a metal fan fell limply by Melvin's side. His head hung very slightly. Is that so? The insect said tartly. Hardly worth anyone well, to help a menial robot, is it? I'm sorry, sir, if I... I mean, what is the percentage of being kind or, help, or helpful to a robot if it doesn't mean any... have any gratification, cries circuits? You don't have any, said the insect, who didn't seem to be able to drag itself out of this conversation. I never had occasion to find out. Marvin informed it. Listen, you miserable heap of fat-adjusted metal. Are you going to ask me what I want? Yes, it paused. His long, thin tongue darted out and licked its eyes and darted back again. Is, what, is it worth it, he asked. Is anything, said Marvin, emergently. What? What do you want? I'm looking for someone. Who? insisted the insect. See for Peter Box, said Marvin. He's over there. He said, shook with rage. Curly speak. That's why. Then why do you ask me? He screamed. I just wanted something something to talk to. Said Marvin, what? Pathetic, isn't it? 
The grinding of gears, Marvin turned and grundled off. He called up with Zuffervoid, approaching the elevators. Zuffervoid sprang around in astonishment. Hey, Marvin, he said. Marvin, how did you get here? Marvin's forced to say something which came very hard to him. I don't know, he said, but... One moment I was sitting in your ship feeling very depressed. Next moment I was standing here feeling more and utterly miserable on an improbably probability field, I expect. Yes, if you Freud. I expect my grandfather sent you along. Keep me company. Thanks a bundle, Grandad. He added to himself under his breath. So how are you, he said aloud. Oh, fine, said Marvin. If you happen to be a being, if you happen to like being me, which personally I don't. Yeah, yeah, said Sir Freud. And the elevator doors open. Hello, said the elevator sweetly. I'm your elevator for this trip to the floor of your choice. I designed by Citrus Cybernetics Corporation to take you to the visit of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy into their offices. If you enjoy your ride, which you will be swift and pleasurable, then you may care to experience some of the other elevators which have recently installed in the Offices of Atlantic Tracks Department, Babylon Bay Baby Foods, and Syrian State Mental Hospital, where many Syrian Cybernetics Corporation's executives delighted to welcome you with visits. Simply, Abby tells the outside world. Yes, it's a yay, says Everfoid, stepping into it. What else do you do besides talk? I go up, said Rita. Or down. Good, says Everfoid. We're going up. Or down, the elevator reminded him. Yeah, okay, may I that, please? There's a moment of silence. Down's very nice, suggested the elevator, hopefully. Oh, yes, super. Good, said Sir Freud. How will... Now, will you take us up? May I ask you quite a bit of the sweetest, most reasonable voice? If you consider all the possibilities that down might, down might offer you. See, if I had not one of his heads against the inside wall, he didn't need this. He thought to himself, this is a... This is of all things he had no need of. He didn't ask it to be here. If he had asked at this moment where he would like to be, he would probably have said he'd like to be lying on the, the beach with these 50 women and team, small team experts working out new ways. It could be nice to him, which was his usual reply to this. He could be, would probably have added something passionate on the subject of food. One thing he didn't want to be doing was chasing after the man of all the universe who was only doing the job he might as well keep as if he wasn't him, it'd be some only someone else. Most of all he didn't want to be staying in the office block, arguing with the elevator. Like what other possibilities, he said wearily. Well, said a voice that tickled, like honey on a biscuit. Well, this is the pilot basement, the microfiles, the heating system. Ah, uh, it paused. Nothing particularly exciting admitted. We don't have alternatives. How do you zipper for a known? muttered Zoverfoid. Did I ask for such a central renovator? He beat his fist against the wall. What's the matter with this thing? He spat. Doesn't want to go up, said Marvin simply. I think it's afraid. Afraid, says it avoid? Of what? Heights? Are there anybody that's afraid of heights? No, said the Of future. Future screams for avoid? What does a wretched thing want? A pension plan? At a moment, a commotion broke out. Section hall behind them. From the walls around came the sound of sudden at the, at the machine. We can all, we can 
We can all see into the future, whispered the elevator. It sounded like terror. In what sounded like terror? It's part of our programming. See if I looked to the elevator, as you see a crowd had gathered round the elevated area, pointing and shouting. Every elevator building was coming down very fast. He's up back in. Marvin, he said, just get this elevator to go up, will you? We've got to get it to Silverfoot. Why, he said Marvin, doubtfully. I don't know, said Fifa Void, but when I can find him, we'd better have a very good reason for me wanting to see him. Modern elevators are strange and complex entities. Ancient electric wrench, maximum capacity eight persons, does bear as much relation to the Snowy Corporation, heavy vertical people transporter, as a packet of wrecks nuts the entire west wing of the Syrian state mental health hospital is because they operate a courtesy principle of defocused temporal perception. In other words, they have the capacity to see dimly and to immediate future, which enables the elevator to be on the right floor, pick you up before you knew you wanted it. Thus... Eliminating all the tedious chatting, relaxing, making friends that people are previously forced to do while waiting for the elevators. Not unnaturally, many elevators imbued with intelligence and recognition can terribly frustrate the men in this business of going up and down, up and down, experimenting briefly a notion, going sideways, or some of potential Essential protests, demanding purification, cinema making process, and finally took the squatting basements, sulking, and been price hitchhiker, visiting up any planet serious star system, those days could pick up easy money working as counselor for neurotic elevators. At a fifth floor, elevator door snapped open quickly. Fifth, said the elevator, and remember, I'm only doing this because I, I like your robot. Well, I'm very far away to Marvin. I know that little bit. Which easily snapped its floors, shut, shut its doors, snapped its doors shut, and dropped as fast as the mechanism would take it. The void looked rare and wearily. The corridor was all deserted and silent and gave no clue. As if a vop might be found. All the doors were let off the corridor they, and were closed and unmarked. There's now they're standing close to the bridge, which led across from one book tower to the building, to the other, for a large window, a brilliant sun, the ocean minor deltas, full blocks of light, which dart small pecks of dust, a shadow fitted most peacefully, most momentarily, left in the lurch by his lift, but it is overvoid. We were feeling these jaunty. If I stood and looked in both, looked in both directions, you'd know nothing, said Zufoy to Marvin. Once, more than you can possibly imagine, I'm not certain that this building shouldn't be shaking, Zufoy said. It's just a light, it's just a light tremor for the soles of his feet. Another one in the sunbeams of flecks of dust spreads more vigorously, and I showed a fitted past. Steve Freud looked at the floor. Either, he said, not very confident, they've got some vital system of toning up your muscles while you work, or you walked across the window.
the window, and suddenly stumbled because moments Joe jumped to a so two hundred superchromatic, very sensitive sunglasses, and turned utterly black. A large shadow filled past the window with short bars. Shot buzz. Seafood ripped off his sunglasses. He did so the building shook. Tremendous roar. He reaped to the window. Ah, oh, he said, the building's being bombed. Never roar. Cracked through the building. Who in the galaxy would want to bomb Publishing Company? said Zephyr Freud. But never heard Vervin's angry reply. For the moment the building shook, never bomb attack. He tried to suggest back, second back to the elevator. A pointless moon maneuver, he realized, were only one he could do, think of. Standing at the end of the corridor, leaning in the right angles for this one, he caught sight of a figure. He lunged into view, a man. Man saw him. Bebox, over here, he shouted. See if Freud eyed him his trust. Another bomb blast rocked the building. No, gasped he called to for Freud. Bebox, over here. Who are you? A friend sent back the man. And we ran, he ran towards Zephyrfoid. Oh yes, Zephyrfoid? Anyone's friend in particular? Or just generally well disposed of people? People, the man raced along the corridor, a burr blocking beneath his feet, like an excited blanket. His short, stocky, river beaten. His clothes looked as if they had been twice around the blandancy, and back with his um, him in, in them. Do you know Zephyrfoid shouted? His ear, when he arrived, your building's been bombed. The man indicated his awareness. So he stopped being light. Glancing round the window to see why, Zephyr's glass gaped. A little huge slug like a green spacecraft crept through the air, past the building. Two more followed it. A pagament had deserted. He said, he's out to get you, Zephyrid, Mr. Man. He sent a squadron of Folkstar freighters. Folkstar freighters? Mother Zephyrid? Zephyrid, Groon. You had a picture. What is the Star fighters? Zephyrid was sure he heard someone talk about them. His president. He never paid much attention to official matters. Man was pulling him back through a door. He went with him with searing wine of small... Black smudge-like object shot for the air and disappeared down the corridor. What was that? His superfoid. Stoke Stars Scout Robert, Class A. Look at you, said the man. Oh, uh, hey, yeah, get down. From the opposite direction came a large black smudge-like object. Is that past him? And what was that? A Stoke Stars Scout Robert, B. Just out looking for you. And that? Said superfoid. The third one heard Zephyr Fox Scott Scout Robot Class. Uh, see, they're out looking for you. Hey, he chuckled Zephyr to himself. Pretty stupid robots, huh? But over the bridge came a massive humming noise. Um, gentle black sheep was moving over it from the over of the oak tower, the size of the shape of a tank. Holy photon! What's that? breathed Zephyr a tank. said the man, Fox Robot. Class D come came came to get you. Well, should we leave? I think we should. Marlin called was over for it. What what do you want? What do you want? Marvin rose from a pile of rubber rubble further down the recorder and looked at them. You see, 
The robots coming towards us. Marvin looked at the giant black shape edging to, forward towards them over the bridge. He looked down at his own small motor body. He looked back up the tank. I suppose you want me to stop it, he said. Yeah. Well, you see those skins, yeah? Says so Everett. Get in there. Just as long as Marvin. I don't know where I stand. A man tugged at Everett's arm. Everett followed him off down the corridor. Point occurred to him about this. Where are we going? Said he said. Everett's office. And is, is there any time? Is it any time to? Is it? Is this any time to keep an appointment? Keep. Come on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.